Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CU Events Week podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Cormac, for the week. And uh, today I'm being joined by David Glass. I'll get him to introduce himself in a bit more detail in a second. But in case you missed yesterday's podcast, we had a chat with Chloe Hannon about Rethink Jesus. So kind of the man in the middle of it all who makes Christianity what it is. But yeah, if you'd like to introduce yourself, David, that'd be great. Okay, well, thanks very much, Cormac. It's uh, it's great to be great to be with you. So thanks for for having me along for for this podcast. Um, so yeah, my name's David Glass, and uh, I'm I'm based just up outside Belfast. I work at Ulster University, so uh, I'm in the School of, of Computing, and I, I work in computing and mathematics uh, in my in my research and and teaching. And I've also had a, an interest for a long time in the relationship between science and belief in God. And uh, I've been able to do that as part of my work as well, so that overlaps a little bit with some of my academic work. Uh, but yeah, this has been a, a topic of interest to me for a long time, so delighted to be with you to be able to talk about it today. Brilliant. Thanks a million. So what we're going to be looking at in this kind of podcast is the idea it's of rethinking God. So a lot of people come in with preconceived notions of who God is or if God even exists. So I think that's a pretty nice place to start is with the existence of God. So the question kind of would be, is there a God? and Does a God exist? Yeah, well, this is uh, an incredibly important question. I mean, this has uh, significance for our lives in all sorts of ways. So I, I think it's it's really important that we think about this question and that we, we think about how to think about this question as well, if I can put it like that. And, and, and so in a, a short podcast, I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to cover everything related to this, but I think at the outset, one of the things that I would want to say is that because this is such an important question, it really is important that we approach it with um, a certain degree of, of seriousness, if you like, and, and also with humility that we're looking for the truth. This is not just a matter of, of coming to a debate and trying to, to score points one side against another. So I, I would very much encourage you when you're thinking through these issues to really do it with an attitude of, of seeking the truth. Because if there is a God after all, then God's purpose for us isn't just a, a kind of intellectual knowledge that there is a God. That's not really, I would say, what God would be interested in. But but really the transformation of our lives. So I, I think it's really important how we approach this question. And of course, there have been different views that have been expressed throughout history. But I suppose we can think of, of two main perspectives. Um, one of those is, is that there's a mind behind the universe, which we'll call God, the creator of the universe, an intelligent mind who is not part of the physical universe. And the, the other view is that the physical universe is, is all there is. So one way of putting this is to say that according to the first view, mind is fundamental and matter is derivative from it. And the second, that matter is fundamental and minds like ours somehow have derived from, from matter, pure physical matter. And both of these views have had many intelligent defenders. Um, so, you know, no matter how well informed we are, we're always going to find people who are better informed than, than we are and disagree with us about it. So again, some humility is appropriate in this. So the way I would approach this question would be in terms of trying to decide which of these makes 
best sense of the, the world we live in. And what I would suggest, having looked at this for, for many years, is that there are a range of features of the universe that we live in that raise serious challenges to the belief that the physical universe is all there is, and that make much more sense if, if there's a God. So, I mean, what I can do is, is outline very briefly what a few of those features of the universe are, what a few of those pointers to belief in God are. Would, or is there anything you'd like to come in with at this point, Cormac, or shall I continue in that vein? Yeah, no, I think that's a great kind of avenue to continue then. Yeah, okay. Great. So the, the first one, I, I suppose I would say, is this question about whether why there's anything at all. Um, why is there this physical universe? Why do we exist in the universe itself? Why does it exist? Now, everybody from both sides of this argument believes that there is something fundamental that can't be explained further. Now, for an atheist, they're going to say that the physical universe is that fundamental thing and you can't get back behind it to explain it by something else. Whereas a Christian like myself is going to say, well, no, the fundamental thing about the universe, the fundamental entity is God himself who has created the physical universe. And I would just say that in terms of the, the stopping point for explanation, I would say God is a better stopping point, makes more sense. Because, well, let me give a couple of reasons for that. One is because when you think about the physical universe, it's very odd to think that it is the fundamental thing because it certainly makes sense to ask what caused it or how did it come about or why does it exist in the first place? But it doesn't make sense to ask those questions of God. I mean, if there is a God, there couldn't possibly be any explanation of God's existence. And, and a further factor would be that the universe may well have had a beginning. And if it had a beginning, well, then again, the question of its cause arises. But if there's a God, it doesn't even make sense to ask whether God had a beginning. So for these reasons, I would say God is the better stopping point for explanation. But just to follow on from that, the, the, the possibility that the universe had a beginning is more than that, because of course science has pointed to the idea that the universe goes back to a, a beginning in the finite past. Now there's some debate about that, but it certainly goes back to within a fraction of a second, if you like, of a beginning. And that raises enormous questions for the idea that the physical universe is all there is. Because if it had a beginning, then the obvious question is, well, how did that happen? It can't just have come into existence spontaneously out of nothing. I would say it makes much more sense to believe that there is a, a cause, a non-physical cause behind the universe. Um, and of course, that's what Christians have, have always believed. And maybe, I, and I know we need to move on, but let me throw in one other sort of avenue here um, in terms of the features of our universe. And this would be the order of the universe in which we live. So one of the things as scientists we, we study and explore is, is the, the order in the universe. And the universe is full of order, you know, whether it's at the macroscopic level of the cosmos or right down at the level of a, a simple single cell um, or, or at the subatomic level, we find this order. And the question is why? Why is the universe like this? Where does all this order 
come from? Now, somebody might say, well, science describes this order, but, but then that just raises the question, well, where do these scientific laws come from? Why is the universe like that? And I would say that far and away, the best explanation for all this order is an intelligent creator, an intelligent mind behind the universe, because we're used to saying order come about as a result of intelligent minds. And a very specific example of this is what's called the, the fine tuning of the universe, that the universe is incredibly finely balanced. And if any one of a, a very large number of features of the universe had just been the slightest bit different, life as we know it would be impossible. And the question again is why? Why is the universe like that? Is it just luck? Is it just chance? I think we need a better explanation than that. And whilst these are big debates, I would say that far and away the best explanation is that there's an intelligent mind who has deliberately made it this way. So that's just maybe a starter to get people thinking about some of these questions. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. It's kind of the idea that for the universe to almost make sense as science is kind of doing, making sense of the universe, there has to be something kind of beyond that which makes it make sense. It's not really just going to make sense of itself by chance. I can love that kind of idea. That's really great. I guess kind of to further go a little bit more into the science behind it, hasn't a lot of people would argue, hasn't science disproved God? Like hasn't scientific beliefs like the Big Bang or the theory of evolution kind of almost rendered God redundant, like there's no longer a need for God to have been involved. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a very interesting question, Cormac. And I, I mean, at one level, I'm, I'm, I understand the question because I've been exploring it, I mean, for, for a long time. But at the same time, I'm also a bit puzzled by it because, I mean, I've worked in, in science all my adult life and I don't really see this sort of conflict that a lot of people perceive, even though it's a very popular one. And th the best sense of I can make of it, I suppose the way you, you, you put it there about science explaining certain things, whether it's the Big Bang or whether it's evolution, is the idea that as science explains more and more about the world, there's less and less need for God, that God somehow becomes redundant. Um, but, but I think this idea is, is confused. I mean, if we were talking about a belief in multiple gods, polytheism, right? The idea that there are gods of war and gods of thunder and, and, and so forth, all these different gods... The point is, these gods were responsible for different parts of nature. Okay, So if you believed in the god of thunder, and then science comes along and explains how thunder works, then your god has kind of become redundant, right? Um, but if you believe not in a polytheistic god, but the creator of the entire physical universe, in fact, the one who put the scientific laws themselves in place, then this God doesn't become redundant as science explains thunder or as science explains anything else for that matter. And in fact, this is exactly what we see when we go back to the origins of modern science, because we find here that the scientists, many of them, they did their science not despite, but precisely because of their belief in God. They believed in a lawgiver. And so they, they set out to discover 
the laws that God had put in place. So actually their belief in God motivated their, their scientific quest to discover laws. And so when they discovered them, they didn't think, oh, now that I've discovered this law of gravity, it has somehow undermined or made God redundant. Not at all. One way of putting it was to say that when they were doing science, they were thinking God's thoughts after him. So this is certainly how I would view it and why I don't see any conflict, at least in, in general, between the two. Yeah, no, that's a really good explanation. I hadn't thought about it with the polytheism view before, but that's yeah, really, really cool to think about. So then the question arises, so if there is all this evidence kind of supporting the idea of God existing, what would that God be like? And what would like some of his kind of characteristics be? Hmm. Yeah, well, th this is a great question. Um, and it, I suppose, gets to, to the heart of the matter um, because it, it isn't just about knowledge of the existence of a creator. It, it's what God would be like. Now, actually, I, I think the sorts of considerations that I've pointed to, the, the kind of reasons that we might think of for God's existence would tell us something about what God is like. So if God is the creator of the physical universe, that strongly suggests that God, God is not a physical being. God is not part of the physical universe. So God is non-physical, um, but also incredibly powerful. I mean, to be able to create the physical universe out of nothing suggests a, a God of incredible ability and power. And also when we think about the, the fine tuning and these amazing scientific laws, this incredible order, this also suggests a God who is, is incredibly intelligent as well. And if we were to think about other reasons for, for belief in God, like um, God as providing the foundation of morality, and I mean, I'm aware these are all big debates, and so, you know, I... The danger is that in a short podcast, I make it sound like this is all trivial and straightforward. But of course, what I'd encourage people to do is to explore all of these topics. But if these lines of reasoning are right, then from morality, this suggests a God who is a source of morality and goodness as well. And so these kinds of reasons... Um, they don't tell us everything about God, but it's not a bad start, right? I mean, a, a non-physical, powerful, intelligent um, source of morality and goodness, um, an intelligent mind, uh, it's really telling us quite a bit. But just as in a human context, if we really want to find out something about another person, we might be able to work out certain things from their appearance, but if we really want to find out about them, we need, to, we need them to tell us. And of course, that's what Christians believe God has done, that we, we need God to tell us what he, he's like. And, and of course, Christians believe that God did this in history. He revealed him, his will and purpose to us, uh, a plan and a purpose for, for human life. But the ultimate way in which God has done this, according to Christianity, is through Jesus of Nazareth. And so if we really want to know what God is like, we need to look at this person, Jesus. And I mean, he's he's an utterly compelling figure. I mean, whatever view, again, people take, whatever religious perspective people are coming from, Jesus is a, a really unique character. And he, he's one who teaches us and shows us about how we should live. Um, 
about what God is like. He, he taught us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. He brought God's good news to the poor um, and the marginalized in society. And of course, we also believe that God, through Jesus or in Jesus' life, demonstrated his love in the most incredible way. So this is a God who who loves us deeply and has a, a purpose and a, a plan for our lives. Um, but to really explore all of that, we need to explore it in the context of the, the person of Jesus. And I, I think you'll be doing that in some of your other podcasts. Yeah, definitely. So again, to kind of plug yesterday's podcast, we I talked a bit more with Chloe Hannon uh, about this person of Jesus. So again, yeah, that's one fundamental belief of Christianity, that God is a threefold person. So there is God the Father, or this kind of divine picture of God who we often see, but then God the Son in Jesus, who we also know, mm. who is this really, really important figure and where what Christianity is named after, that Christ. So if you want to find out a bit more about looking into that person, I'd really recommend going back and listening to that. Yeah, and, and maybe Cormac, I could also just say here that I, I think... Um, these two components, if you like, looking at these sorts of reasons for belief in God as well as as the person of Jesus, I think these fit together extremely well because if we have decided on other grounds that there's no God and we absolutely rule that out, well, just looking at the life of Jesus, we're, we're going to miss out, of course, um, who Jesus really is. Whereas if we consider these questions about the existence of God and also consider the life of Jesus, I think it, it does two things. It provides a context for thinking about the life of Jesus. And actually, I think once we start looking at the historical evidence, that further confirms or supports the, the reasons for belief in God in the first place. So these two very much go together, I would say. Yeah, that's brilliant. Definitely. Then kind of one other question is we've kind of talked a lot, especially today, about this ultra intelligent, uh, like immaterial God who is all powerful, all knowing. So the question is, why would that God who has the power to create, as you said, a universe out of nothing? Why would that God care about me? I mean, th that I think is one of the really big questions here. And um, it, 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 if this is true, th this is utterly amazing and, and shocking in a sense. So I, I think it, it's a really good question. Why would this God care about me? And you see, sometimes I think when we look at the kinds of reasons that I've been talking about, the God who is the creator of the universe, this incredibly powerful God who... Um, has put the, the laws of science in place and all the rest of it. Why would such a being care about somebody as insignificant as, as me? Um, now, even if we can't answer that question, again, what I would say that we have good reason to believe that God does care, even if we can't explain why. And the reason we have good, we have good reason to believe that God does care is 
in the main, because of Jesus, that God has demonstrated that he cares by coming into our world. And that the God of the whole creation should come into our world to reveal what he's like and to demonstrate his love in the most incredible way is it goes beyond our comprehension as to, to why God would do this. But what it does show is that he does care. Um, and if we want to then push back a little bit on that and think, well, well, why? What's the context for this as to why God would care about us? Then I, I think what I would say is that in creating us, the, the Christian view is that God has created human beings in his image. I mean, there is something utterly remarkable and unique about human beings. And I mean, when we look at the rest of creation, we know that. I mean, look at all the amazing things that humans could do as well, of course, is all the terrible things that humans can do. But whatever way we think about it, there is something utterly remarkable about human beings. And the Christian viewpoint is that, that God has created us in his image for the purpose that we could come into relationship with him, that we could come to know God himself, God who is the the source of all the things we value, the source of goodness, the source of love, the source of beauty, the source of truth, the source of justice, everything good in the world. God is the source of that and yet he wants us to be part of that, to come into this knowledge of him so that we can live out these values of his kingdom. I mean, this is an incredible privilege for us as human beings. Um, and so there is a bit of this question, why, why would God do this? That I, I'm left mystified, but nevertheless believe because of, of who Jesus is and what he's done, that God does care for us. And, and this is incredible. Yeah, definitely. So then, yeah, I think we're kind of getting towards the end of our time together. One thing I'd really say is if people are listening to this and are curious about that relationship, please take the opportunity to reach out to the CU. And if possible, we'll try organize a Zoom call with you. If we're allowed to at the time, meet up, with, meet up for a coffee. Who knows what that will be like in the future. But it's just something to get to talk about it because this relationship is such an important thing. And that's what the CU stands for, is this relationship with this all-powerful God. And then the one other kind of question that, might also come to mind after listening to stuff like this is if there is this all-powerful God out there and this God who does care about me, then why do bad things happen to me? So if that's a question that's came up for you, then we'll be talking tomorrow with Nick Jones. We're going to be talking about rethinking suffering. So what suffering looks like in the face of having an all-powerful God who does care about us. So if that's something you're interested in learning more about, please do tune in tomorrow. So yeah, apart from that, thank you all for listening. Thank you very much for your time, David. I really got a lot out of it and I'm sure all our listeners will as well. And yeah, hopefully I'll see you all tomorrow for the next podcast. Thanks a lot, Cormac.